The Secret World Chronicles, a podcast novel series written by Michelle to an incredible wealth of information, to the very best in forensic support, and not in the least, to their own considerable deducted talents. During the chaotic period after the invasion, they found themselves on the receiving end of a flood of more than urgent directives, and had to accomplish them with a staff cut in half by virtual casualties. Top priority was, where in hell did these Nazis come from? Not far below that was, what the hell was their armor made of? The Echo Research Lab was snag and rubble. The Echo database was only now recovering from the Nazi world. Sources were silent, dead, or defected. It was time to look elsewhere for answers and help. Two detectives were tasked with pooling whatever information they could on the Nazis of York. No level of detail was to be overlooked. There is no such thing as useless information, they were told. All data was to be collected, filed, and assimilated. Such a task might have proved daunting to most. The sheer volume of information alone would have taken even the most learned of scholars, the quickest of speed readers, years to absorb. Instead, the Pennyworth twins had merely shrugged, and assured Alex Tesla they would have the job done in three months. No one really knew how they did it. They were methods, to be sure, but... No one had ever seen them do much more than sit quietly together, sip their tea, and stare out into space, or at computer monitors. Whatever it was that made them into something frighteningly close to a human supercomputer wasn't obvious even to the echo psychics. Not that the psychics hadn't tried. Once, the overwhelming rush of information had driven the talent in question to an instant state of catatonia that didn't lift for weeks. When asked later what she could remember of the incident, she likened the event to being at ground zero of a 30-megaton information bomb, then jabbed telekinetically on the controls to a morphine grip. Today, surrounded by distinguished members of Echo's senior staff, the twins stood at attention. They were ready to give their answer. Everyone waited expectantly as the twins' unfocused gaze came to rest on Alex Tesla. We are ready to answer your queries, they said together. Tesla, who had been waiting impatiently for this moment for months, did not hesitate. Where did the invaders come from? The twins closed their eyes and seemed to tense up. Their eyelids fluttered. No clue, they said after a moment. The room echoed with audible groans and angry muttering. Great, Tesla said, his palms pressed hard against his face. Well, what can you boys tell us? Speaking alternately, they began an info dump of everything Nazi-related, from the most obscure occult societies to the philosophical foundations of the SS. It had a mesmerizing effect, 
eyes began to glaze over. Enough! Tesla shouted. That's quite enough. Thank you. Yankee pride nudged for Mona. Well, I didn't know it was such as gone. Or that he believed in self-administered enemies to treat genital warts, Ramona answered absently. Everyone shut it. Tesla ordered through clenched teeth. He put both his hands on the table to keep them from shaking. All right, then, the armor. Can you tell us what that blasted armor of theirs is made of? Of that, there are numerous possibilities. It could be from Atlantis, the result of Dr. John Dee's alchemical experiments, some completely new alloys of aliens originating from mined asteroids derived from demonic conjurations. Well, Tesla sighed, giving up. That was a productive three months then, boys. For the completion of initial documented experiments on a novel alloy by Dr. Judah S. Goldman, military munitions inventor and chief scientist of the Third Reich. Goldman? The muttering started again. Goldman was the infamous Nazi scientist who had vanished before the fall of Berlin, and he was almost certainly dead by now. The only real survival, if you could call it that, was the legend of the Goldman Catacombs, a storehouse of impossible riches where allegedly most of the missing loot of the Third Reich had been stashed. Of course, no one knew where the catacombs were, and by this time, and after two heraldic specials, no one really believed in their existence. We assumed there would be skepticism, one of the twins said without any inflection. We enlisted a previously unused source. As a result, we have a probable location of the Goldman Catacombs, Nevada, recently near Las Vegas. We also have what appear to be early blueprints. There was stunned silence. Finally, someone in the back asked, Who was the source? If it was Geraldo. As it turns out, Mr. Rivera missed the mark the second time by only five miles. The source in question is a new recruit to Echo. Her name is Victoria Fitchers. Tesla started a little. The woman had already shocked and impressed him with her Overwatch program, but that could have been a fluke. On the other hand, She'd brought in a handful of magicians already, and seemed to have far more than her share of... Damn it. He didn't like magic. He didn't believe in it. It had to be some sort of previously unknown psionic ability. Right? Whatever. She was able to get jobs done. When he didn't put her in the field, even when he did. And she clearly had access to information that was off the standard databases. He spoke up before he had a chance to second-guess himself. All right. It's the only lead. Pursue it. Yankee pride shook his head. Sir, assuming that this isn't some wild goose we're chasing, the catacombs are supposed to be impossible to get into. And if you do get in, it's one death trap after another. We need at least a dozen medas and a couple of trap squads just to try and we don't have them. No, Ramona disagreed. If half the stories about the place are true, we'll need a smaller group anyway. This is strictly recon, and large numbers in there would just complicate things. And they should be volunteers. People who know the odds of them coming out are not good. 
the only ethical way to handle this is with volunteers, and who have we got that we could spare? No one. Right? Yankee Pride gave Ramona an appraising look, then turned to gaze at the man seated behind him. Jensen met his look and sighed. You want to ask him to volunteer? Jensen said. That's right, Pride said. No orders, just asking. And what makes you think he will? You will, Pride replied firmly. You know he will. He tapped gently on his comrades. Allison, would you please have Operative Bulwark come up to control? Bella was angry. No, that was a magnitude below what she was feeling. She was furious. Knowing that Vicky subsisted on tea, coffee, and whatever freezer brand microwave meals she could ship out of the frost, she picked up something at the Soul Food restaurant. She'd come in full of relative cheer to find the sorceress in a compacted ball of tears and misery. Vicky had tried to cover it up, but Bella had it out of her. And now, she was going to take it out of the cause's hide. The fact that she'd just gotten a directive assigning her to the cause's team only put the froth on the cappuccino. She reported to the ready room, yet another temporary portable building on the Echo campus, looked right past the team leader and everyone else, and focused on her target. Red Jean. It looked as if he had just arrived there himself since he was still standing. Good. That would make this easier. Bella Parker, asked the team leader Bulwark. Somewhere in the back of her mind, a little fangirl let out a squeeze, because he was a lot handsomer in real life than he was in his file photo, but she ignored it and let the anger take over. She nodded and headed for the team. Being both a tomboy and a paramedic had taught her not to telegraph her punches. She just walked up to him and let him have it with her best uppercut to the chin. No sissy slaps for her. Ow! Sweet mother of... Her hand went numb. What was this chin made of, concrete? At least he went down. Like most metahumans, she was a lot stronger than she looked. She stood over him, shaking her hand and glaring. That is what you get for making a cripple cry, you rat bastard, she snarled. She shook her tingling hand some more. Christ, Red groaned. He came slowly to his feet, massaging his jaw. If I knew Erica that had a mommy with a strong arm, I wouldn't have... And to be fair, he's not a cripple. He just needs a bit of a backbone. Not acrobat, you moron. Vicky, my neighbor. My patient, you freaking sadist. At this point, she was about to get caught from the end, sore hands or not. That poor thing was burned over 90% of her body, third and fourth degree. Oh, sure, it's healed, if you can call that scar tissue healing, but she can hardly move without pain. And you have to go and make fun of her on the parkour course and tell Tesla that. She couldn't go on. She turned. Twice. The what? 
that I don't need her over my damn shoulder 24-7? Grow up. Miss Parker. Both supplies helpfully. Miss Parker. Red shouted. Maybe you should let your precious patient fight her own battles instead of sending in her pet smirk. Very clever asshat. She didn't send me in the first place, and in the second, she couldn't finish. Instead, she popped him again. Left hook this time. Red fell to one knee, cursing. Ow. Bella grimaced. Worth it. Bull nodded in appreciation and glanced down at his handheld tablet. They neglected to mention your prowess with fisticuffs, Miss Parker. He scribbled a few notes down. I was a paramedic with LVFE, which allegedly is why they assigned me to you for this operation. I've had to cold cock many a drunk in my time. She shook both hands now, but since the feeling was returning to the right, she offered it to Bulwark. If you decide you'd rather not have me as your DCO, I'll understand. She glared at King. And I'll be using Overwatch. It's been working a treat, CCCP. Which is why you've been assigned to us. You are also a Nevada native, and your files indicate that you know the area particularly well. You have a colorful record here, Miss Barker. Bullmuse, still scanning his tablet. Goodness. Disobeying direct orders. Abandoning duties to take offensive measures. Not to mention working directly with another organization and, she grimaced, a little matter of elimination with extreme prejudice of a club that tried to kill me and my hippie friends. Yes. I read the report on that, too. A bit one-sided, perhaps, as much of your statement was edited. Bulwark drew himself to his full height and crossed his arms. Did you have any other option? He asked, his voice dreadfully quiet. I'm a distance empath, a touch telepath, and he was holding me, she said steadily. I got memory flashes of what he'd done in the past. I think they eventually tied him in with six murder rapes and another dozen or so rape with violence. Did you have any other option? Bull interrupted. She could have told him why. How she was pained. How she had seconds to stop him. How at the moment, given her fluctuating abilities, she was limited to extreme mental force and petting kittens with nothing in between. Instead, she simply answered, No. Bull nodded. She was telling the truth. Very well. Your record and abilities suggest you can be of use. You will find that this particular outfit has something of a reputation of... of coloring outside the lines, Red suggested helpfully, as he climbed into the nearest chair. Of exhibiting independent thoughts, Bull finished. But I would warn you, Miss Parker, that I do not tolerate recklessness. We have a mission, then we execute it. I will not endanger our tasks 
or are operatives with counterproductive conflict in the field. Suits me, sir, she replied. I have no argument with the BCO's primary objective, just the, um, the restrictions. I packed heat as a paramedic, sir. Where we went in, you had to. My FD station wasn't exactly by the book. My captain's motto was lead, follow, or get run over. The idea that healers don't hit is stupid. Um, if you don't object, sir, I'd rather Miss Parker didn't touch me. Harmony looked awkward and nervous. Telepathy? I always don't want the telepath in my head. I can heal you without touching you. Bella shrugged. You aren't the only one squeamish about scions. Bulwark nodded. I think we might have an understanding then, Miss Parker. We are scheduled for a briefing. It seems our intel has unearthed something and they are requesting volunteers. Please join us. I'll get my kit. She saluted. Sketchily, but was a salute while her internal fangirl made heart-shaped eyes at the hunk and headed back to the car. Bull turned to Red. Don't you get tired of being beaten around by girls? Red stood up, all pretense of injury gone. Actually, it kind of turns me on. Vicky had hated hated being caught by Bella in one of her moments of weakness. But it had been a bad day to start, and had gone downhill from the moment she'd opened her eyes. Weather systems going through had a tendency to make all her scars tighten, which meant she woke up in pain. But she had pledged herself that she would run the parkour course every day, and she knew that if she gave herself a break once, it would be easy to find excuse after excuse until she was back to never leaving the apartment. So she went out. No one was ever on the course in the pre-dawn. Except, as she reached the halfway point, someone was. And that someone was the genie, who had gone over the course three times in the same time it took her to finish, in no small part because everything hurt, and what didn't hurt didn't work. His snide little comments as he passed were like ninja stars between her shoulder blades, shattering what was left of her self-respect. Then she'd gotten home, speeding the whole way, and thanking the powers for the special echo tag that made her immune to cops. Cleaned up, plugged herself in, checking Tesla's office first, as she always did, only to be in time to hear Jeannie telling Tesla just what he thought of Nanny Cam, and particularly its operator. And that was it. Five minutes later, Bella came in with a sack of soul food for lunch to find her a wet mess. When Bella had gone, Vicky had cleaned herself up again, tucked the lunch into the fridge for when her stomach wasn't doing the fandango, reflecting as she did so that having the blue medic move in next door was one of the best things that had ever happened to her. Back to the Overwatch room, and she saw the urgent flag blinking on the main monitor as she opened the door. Less than 60 seconds later, she was the silent observer of the briefing for Bulwark's team. Bulwark team. Crap, fantastic. More genius. That lunch was 
probably going to go uneaten now. Funny. Jeannie wasn't smart-assing. Well, after that monologue for Alex Tesla, it wasn't likely he was going to be wearing the wire. Bull already had one run through, so that left scope, acrobat, and harmony to bring up to speed. Ah, there was Bull's mic and ear lighting up. Overwatched, she said, feeling a lot better to have him coming up first. Reading me, Bulwark? And there was his camera feed, showing the three newbies to Vicky fumbling with their gear. Affirmative Overwatch, you are five by five, came the crisp reply. And then, in a stern tone, No, acrobat. That goes in your ear. Bella went up. Testing came over the private channel. I am reminded irresistibly of F-Truth. The sound you hear is my head hitting the desk, Vicky replied. She switched over to the briefing room intercom and gave simple instructions on what went where. One by one, the lights by their names lit up, and she tested the links. Don't know what I'm... Oh! I can hear something. Hello? Oh, operative acrobat, um, five by five, whatever that means. Hello, acrobat. Vicky grinned. Just let it mold to your ear, son. It should only take a moment. Scope and harmony followed suit. And then, red five standing by. Jeannie? Vicky asked. We're using telepathy now instead of the wire? Actually, she was aghast. Didn't know whether to be apprehensive or relieved. Don't get cute, Vitrix. I've been overruled. Just start the damn show. Right. Nobody hum the Mission Impossible theme, please. I've heard that 20 times already. Rolling briefing tape. She cued the mission tape, which would, yes, self-destruct. Or rather, erase when they were done. You've been listening to the secret of the